Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I am joined by my wife, Julie. Hello, guys. The snow has finally melted. What a weekend. Yes. We thought we were going to get some normalcy when January started, get back in a normal no. routine. <laughs> it has not happened no, yet. No, it hasn't. David wanted to change his church schedule up a little bit, and it's yet to happen. I know it's going to, but life happens. Yeah, yeah, the snow and then everybody getting sick. Our heart goes out to everyone. I know, it's just a crazy time for sickness. I even had something I've been fighting off this week, and then Beckham got sent home from school yesterday. So I know a lot of you are... Are listening to this, and you may Hopefully not be you're feeling, feeling great. better. Right, right. We hope you're feeling better. We can't wait to see everybody again on Sunday. At least, at least those of you who are still standing. Yes. Some of us will gather on Sunday, and we've had such a weird week with the boys being at home most of the week. I've worked from home way more than I normally do this yeah, week. Yeah, just keep our germs at home. So the other night, we realized that our kitchen gets out of control way too easily, way too fast, and with you know five people in the family now and making all these well, bigger meals at home. part of it is being pregnant. I have a hard time being in the kitchen, so yeah. it's a big part of it. So we've came to this new realization. We should have done this a long time ago, but we're doing it now, moving forward. After every meal, we make sure all the dishes are washed. No dessert. No dessert. Nothing happens until all the dishes are cleaned and put away. That's our new thing after every meal. So every night... We're doing that, and it was the first time teaching the boys how to like dry dishes, like where they go. They've done it off and on. Yeah, they did it off and on every day. But we had all hands on deck, and it was bad because after a week of being snowed in, being sick, there was a lot of stuff to put away and clean. So me, Beckham, and Paxton were just going to town. They both had wash rags. They're wiping down every surface in the kitchen. And I had Paxton. Those of you who've been in our house know that you know right next to our table we have a big calendar blackboard it is the lifeblood of our family (laughs) julie has all of the appointments everything for the next two months it's like two month calendar color coded by person yeah it's beautiful it's a leslie nope thing that that julie has accomplished (laughs) and it's really impressive it does keep us rolling and on track and i had told paxton hey look somebody spilled something over here and like there was this gross the baseboards were dirty the baseboards were dirty i don't know what was on there and I, I pointed out to him, hey, the white baseboard's underneath the black calendar. He's like, wait, what, Dad? Where? And I, and I like told him like three or four times, like, no, just right over there, the white baseboard's underneath the black calendar. You see the kitchen table? I explained it to him, but you know how kids are. And we didn't realize this until a few minutes ago. Oh, my Julie. heart is crushed. Julie, go ahead. What, what happened? So I have January and February... And right now being pregnant and having braces, I like live at doctor's appointments. I have a lot. So there's a lot on our calendar. And what (laughs) this child thought David meant when he said clean the baseboards under the black calendar was clean the black calendar. So (laughs) I look at the black calendar and it is completely wiped. He wiped all of February. We have a lot going on with different people things uh, appointments, school, soccer, you know, everyone understands. So my heart is just a little crushed right now. I got to figure this out when we're done. 
But I think I took a picture of the calendar and sent it to you that like just a couple days ago. Yes. So we're saved. Yes. Yeah. So crisis averted. It's a good basis to fix it. Absolutely. So for our topic today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And I want to tell you right up front. It's a big topic. (laughs) Yeah. This is a heavy one. This is a deeper one. It's going to sound a little different than our normal podcast. In a way, you're going to interview me a little bit more than our normal flow. Yes. And when we do these podcasts, we kind of have it down to what works for us. And this one is a deeper topic. And it's a good thing. But here we go. There's just more teaching content that I want to communicate in this one. So I want you to know that, but I've been talking in this Run the Heaven series about the three big pieces of our church's DNA, right? It's worshiping Christ, walking in Christ, and working through Christ. And something I mentioned in the sermon last week was all of this assumes prayer and being filled with the Spirit. But you really can't assume those things. And we have to spend some time and really get into what it looks like to really pray and have a deep prayer life being filled with the spirit and that's just what we want to spend the time on this week and next week so the first one being being filled with the spirit yeah i think that can almost sometimes sound like a really churchy phrase Mm -hmm. filled with the spirit okay what in the world does that mean yeah we've all heard it we've all failed at it So let's just start with one of the most well-known passages. On that, would you like to read for us, Julie, Ephesians 5, 15 through 21? Yes, I have it right here. Let's go. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, that's a big phrase. I think we should break this down. Yes. (laughs) So... Clearly you have here the antithesis of being drunk with wine is being filled with the Spirit. And it's an illustration that Paul is making. You know, when you're drunk with wine, you're under the influence, right, of that alcohol. Uh And he wants us to be under the influence of the Spirit. So let's just talk about alcohol because this is the correlation that he's making. The Ephesians, much like modern-day Americans and... (laughs) Their wine cabinets and all. They knew their wine. But alcohol is a powerful substance. And when a person becomes drunk, they lose self-control. And they lose grip on their full cognitive reasoning abilities. And we don't want to get too far off into a rabbit trail here. But 1 Corinthians 6.12 says that all things are lawful for me. But I will not be brought under the power of of anything so this could almost go without saying but christians should never put their bodies under the control of another substance and this is why alcohol can be such a dangerous thing it holds the very real threat of intoxication now our society understands this to a degree we have law enforcement they call it being under the influence but in ephesus more so than 
really all the other Greek cities around them, they got intoxicated on purpose. And in this immediate context, this would have been one of the ways that many of the Ephesian believers worshipped before they ever found Christ and were created as a new creation. Their entire culture was steeped in the worship of false gods through drunkenness, gluttony, and sexual orgies. So they thought as they lost themselves, they transcended the temporal world and they ascended into communion with deities. That was their pagan religion. The more debauched, the more drunken, the more transcendent, and the more likely to contact the divine. And when I preached through the book of Ephesians in our Beloved Identity series, I touched on this, but this was a very occult society. And if you remember, even in Acts, it talks about the Ephesians. They burned all those magic books, all those converts to Christianity in Ephesus. They just burned thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of of the equivalent of the time of magic books. And so a big piece of that was getting drunk and high on substances Then they tapped into these demonic trances and they thought that they were communing with the gods and goddesses. And what they really were were demons and they were dabbling in dark magical powers. So I could go on and on about the worship of Dionysius. Yeah. (laughs) But the big point is it was a hedonistic Gentile drunken experience. So we'll cap it there. But going back to our present reality, like nowadays, modern day America. Some of you uh, know Malcolm Gladwell. You know that I, I love listening to his podcast, reading his books. But he recently unpacked a lot of this similar under the influence science in his newest book, Talking to Strangers. And he showed us some studies that being under the influence of alcohol makes you act and think differently. It blocks out the external background And the lingering problems in the back of your mind, they fade away, and your mind is enhanced and emboldened on what's in front of you. Does that make sense? All the stuff Mm -hmm. like in the back of your mind, in the background, all that's just gone, and only what you can see in front of you is enhanced, and you're emboldened with that. So if you're at a sporting event, it makes the sporting event a bigger deal, and you're moved and swayed in a frenzy with the rest of the crowd. This is why alcohol is such a very popular beverage at the football game. <laughs> it, yes. It, it, it go, there's, there's a correlation there that it really does enhance the sporting event for the person who's a fan. Uh, similar to being at a lot of party or, or if you're angry or depressed and you drink alone in a dingy bar, it's going to enhance those dark feelings. And the context that Gladwell was bringing this up in was why there are so many cases of rape on college campuses. Underage drinking enhances the environment that is in front of you, and you lose control of your normal ability to restrain because you are under the influence of extra stimulation to what you immediately see or desire. So do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Rather... Be filled and controlled by something a million times better. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. (laughs) Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it makes me think too here that going back to verse 18 in the passage I just read, if that was not in the book of Ephesians, we couldn't do anything this book tells us to do. (laughs) I know. It's like if this was deleted... Everything else be legalistic. would be legalistic. Yeah, it'd be like trying to do it in your own strength, right? Like, I can do this. Yeah. 
it's actually such a beautiful statement be filled with the spirit because it's the heart of the matter it's the lifeblood to living the christian life without being filled with the spirit you can't live the christian life you can't walk in humility you can't walk in unity you can't walk different than the way the world walks Uh you can't walk in light you can't walk in love and you can't walk in wisdom unless you're living through the power of the holy spirit absolutely and it's important also to understand that we're never commanded anywhere in the new testament to be indwelt by the spirit never it's actually a promise it's already a guarantee so you're never commanded to be sealed by the spirit or kept secure that's also a gift from god ephesians 1 13 says if you have repented of your sin and believed in the death and the resurrection of jesus christ you've already been sealed you've already been baptized by the spirit you've already been indwelt amen so those concepts are never given as commands the command is this Ephesians 5.18, be what? Filled Filled. with the Spirit. Yeah, and that is different. Not indwelt, baptized, or sealed, but filled. Yeah, I think you need to ask the question here, well, what's the difference? (laughs) I know, I know. So so let's get into the verb rendering in the literal Greek sense. I know, we told you this was going to be a deeper one. Nerd alert, nerd alert. To really flesh this out and to answer that question, I think you have to actually sometimes get into what the original language is. And I was never good at English in school. Like language is not my thing. Neither one of us my mom can really help and our my kids. aunt are both English teachers and I just never caught the bug. Yeah. I like reading, but when I was a kid I never cared enough to really try and language was never my strong suit. But I did have to learn Greek in college, so I do love a little of this. So if you would all just put your nerd hat on with me for a second this is the present tense, be. But in the Greek, this is where we're going, going into a new level, all right? In the Greek, it's also a passive. So literally in the Greek, and this is where the Greek is different than English, but Greek is more advanced. It's literally be being filled with the Spirit. So the original language is conveying the idea of be being kept as a constant ongoing thing that happens to you so it's still passive but it's ongoing you don't say oh i'm filled with the spirit i'm good now for the rest of my life that does it (laughs) if only it was that easy good for me here's your ribbon no this is different be being filled is a moment by moment thing not a once for all i got zapped and now i'm in a super spiritual plane that only sincere people arrive to in that moment of dedication and commitment it's not it's not anything like that i've thought that in the past i think uh-huh. a lot of christians get it's that easy sense. to get in that trap yeah be being continuous filled it's a passive it's something that fills you you don't fill yourself you receive the action and it is the spirit of god who fills you present tense so constantly being filled by the spirit the greek word fulfilled here is the word pluero and it's the same word used of wind filling a sail and moving a ship along on the water this isn't just filling a glass as if you pour it in and now now the liquid's in the cup it's filled no it's the wind pushing the sailboat 
across the ocean. It's a really pretty picture. Yeah. You're carried along the path and that he will take you. And in a very real sense, this is exactly what we see in Second Peter chapter 1 when we're talking about inspiration breathed out by God. If you remember that passage that's talking about Scripture comes from no one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's the exact same idea that we see in Second Peter 1. Another way to think about this is maybe you've thrown a stick into a rushing stream. Ever gone on one of those hikes? We did this a while ago with our kids. We were hiking. It was gorgeous. There was a, there was a stream right next to us, and we threw a stick in the water. And it's just peaceful and relaxing seeing the, the stick just get carried along by the water. Again, same type of thing. It's another illustration and way to think through this. That's what we mean by being carried along from day to day, from moment to moment, from word to word, activity to activity, by the power and the energy of the Spirit of God. Yeah, after that picture that you described of the stick in the water, I just think of a couple words there. It's like upholding you and it's pushing you. Uh Uh-huh. Both of those things. That's good. Which, think about your walk with the Lord. That's a beautiful thing that... The Holy Spirit's there to uphold us, but yep. also push us. Yeah. And it also fits the whole abide in Christ aspect. It's like we have to just continually go to him, have this intentional willingness that I am going to seek you out and I'm going to be with you. Yeah. I think this also brings us to a point, David. Okay, so what does being filled by the Holy Spirit actually mean? That question kind of still remains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've talked about what, how it goes and what it looks like in that one sense of being carried along. But how can you be filled to the point that you're actually carried along by the Holy Spirit? And this question is hard to answer with just this phrase. And it's almost like Paul expects us to know more about this in this passage. He's saying it so matter-of-factly. Mm-hmm. Come on, Paul, give us some more. (laughs) Yeah, but here's a tip. Whenever you read scripture and it's a little vague, you don't quite know what it means. We always want to let scripture interpret scripture. So see if there's another passage of scripture that's talking about the same thing that says it a little differently. And as a matter of fact, we have that in a parallel passage. At the same time Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus, he wrote another letter to the church at Colossae with many of the exact same themes. And this is what he said in Colossians 3.16 about the same idea. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. To be filled with the Spirit, another way to say that is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Yeah, this is so important. I mean, what we're saying here is Letting the word of Christ dwell on you richly. Okay, how do you do that? Well, you have to know the word. Yeah. To, in order for it to dwell on you richly. That means you have to be in the word. Yeah. He's promised that he will speak to us, especially when we read his word. He enlightens it and we can understand it to a greater degree. So to be filled is to be continually consuming God's word. You feed on it. And I know we love to feed on things, right? I mean... We like wings, we like beverages, we like dark chocolate, 
like tacos. If you want to be a glutton about anything, be a glutton about getting into God's word. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that illustration. Uh, can you tell we're hungry? We're talking about food. Yeah, it's almost lunchtime. Um, yeah, being in God's word, like I've had seasons in my life where I've been in the word more than other times. I think we can probably all relate to that. Yeah. And, you know, the seasons where, man, I'm really in the word. It does change your heart. It does change your life. And that's coming from being filled with the spirit by putting that word in your, in your heart and in your mind. Because what then in turn happens is when you have the word on your heart and you have a conflict that arises, what's going to be your go-to? The spirit's going to lead you to have that right response to maybe walk away, maybe not say the words that you want to say. Yeah. When we're making the word of Christ dwell in us richly, the unknowns, the fears that are all swirling in the background, those things fade away. Just like, just like going back to the whole being under the influence illustration, like all those background things, they, they get pushed away and what's in front of us really matters. And we see God, we see his faithfulness in walking in love, walking in the light, walking in wisdom, all those things happen as we are being carried along by the Spirit. Now in verses 19 through 21, we really have another section of this passage. But in these three verses, we have three more specific responses of being filled with the Spirit. And these also correlate to the passage in Colossians. But don't miss that these three fall directly under the heading of being filled with the Spirit. So what does it look like? What do we have there, Julie? We sing truth with one another. We give thanks always for everything. And we submit to one another. And when I hear that, it just reminds me of the church. Where, yeah. is that, where do these things happen? Yeah. The church. That's the people of God. It's not the building. It's the people of God. Absolutely. These are the marks of spirit-filled friendships in the church. And notice that if you don't gather together as a local church... You're going to have a really hard time addressing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. (laughs) I mean, how else could you obey that command? You really can't. And this is something that is special and unique to a local church worship gathering. Singing with one another unifies us. Yeah, there is something really... I don't even want to use the word special because it's actually more special Uh than coming together with believers and worshiping the one true God. Extra special. Yeah. But I think what happens is sometimes we, we don't always value that Uh and make it a priority. Well, when we make it about like, Oh, I don't like this song or, Oh, what's happening over here? And where's this person at? You're losing the focus of this is to Christ and it's for Christ. Yeah. And I have to say here, too, something also very important is, what does it say at the end of verse 19 there? With your heart. With your heart. That's like the most important part, our heart. Yeah. And this is really good news for all the musically challenged people out there, (laughs) like like myself. (laughs) It's not about the quality of your voice. It's It's about your heart. Yes, I've had to grow in this because... 
since dating David and being married, you know, we sing <laughs> in church together and bless his little heart. He, oh. he is singing from his heart, Yeah, but it is off tune. I'm sure some of you have actually heard of his mic is still on sometimes. <laughs> You're the classically trained musician and you can't stand most of the music I listen to. So <laughs> you, you definitely look at my singing and you just like, oh. But you know what? Even in church, it used to bother me. I used to be like, could you tone it down a little? Like I can't even focus on anything because <laughs> I just hear this tone That's, that's why I'm not, on, not up on stage though. We're not going to kill everybody. But I've grown in that in that area in the sense that it doesn't bother me anymore because I know he's he's truly worshiping the Lord. And then it, in turn, me being able to come to that realization, I'm in turn able to worship because I'm not focused on that. Yep. He doesn't care if you're hitting all the right notes. I mean, he does really value excellence at the same time. Yes. So we're not going to have just anybody hitting a whole bunch of wrong notes up there on the worship team either. That would be a different thing. But the right. point is... As we sing together, it's for God and it's to Christ and the heart is what matters. It's for the worship team too, you know, the heart is what matters more than the performance piece itself. Yeah, but I think too, like this doesn't have to be a Sunday morning only thing either. We can, we can worship and sing to the Lord anywhere, in a car, in the shower, I know. lots of different places. It's one of the most wonderful things you can do to fill your heart and your soul and really carry you along throughout the day. Yeah, and I think of times of trials or hardship or grieving. What is one thing that kind of upholds Christians through those times? It's scripture. It's singing songs. It's yeah. just a beautiful thing that the the Lord has given us to uphold us. Yeah. In verse 20, that sounds a little harder. Give thanks always for everything. But this is another movement of being filled with the Spirit. When we are out of the Spirit and on our own, we tend to grumble and complain. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of annoying things out there. It's easy to complain. But if you're filled and gripped by the Holy Spirit and God's Word, you're going to think differently. You're not going to your go-to to be complained. Yeah. It blocks out a lot of the fears and the unknowns. Absolutely. You, you think Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And, you know, the book of James, he says, count it all joy because it's an opportunity to grow deeper in your relationship with God. In those moments, trust that God is with you and that he never wastes a trial. Even though he may feel absent, he's not absent. He's always aware and he's there with you. Yeah. When you said that, it made me think if we're just going to have like a transparent moment for a second. David and I have had a rough, I don't know, like six to eight weeks. I feel like church work is hard. and We're not going to go in the nitty gritties of that, but it, it can be hard. And you can count that a trial. It's a trial for us. But I feel like in one sense, we're kind of on the tail end of it. And it's painful, guys. It's it's really painful. But as David just mentioned, like it's never wasted because we have learned and grown so much 
through it in how we depend on God and how we trust in him, how we choose to respond to different things. It's never wasted. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Julie. Really what we're talking about here is finding ways to immerse ourselves in the work and the spirit of God and to present ourselves to the rhythms of his kingdom. And, you know, you have the submitting to one another piece as well. And we could go way more into submit to one another piece. But when you have that sense of Jesus is my savior and the Holy Spirit is carrying you along and you're letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly, you're naturally more unified. You're naturally more willing to show grace to someone else. Mm -hmm. And, and you do work together in harmony as one body for the, for the name and the calling and the purpose of his glory rather than just your own agenda. And it's like when we're not just fighting for our agenda, that's when we actually submit to one another and, and use the strengths of each other and complement each other the way we're designed, designed to do that. Absolutely. And I think the last piece that we'll touch on, I don't want you to think, okay, get in the word. That means I have to like get all this Christian homework out and I have to start no. checking off some boxes and reading. That becomes legalistic. Yeah. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with having a shift of mindset. Okay, I do need to be in the word more and I need to be making sure that it's in a consistent basis. That's not what we're saying. I mean, yeah. that those are good things. Because you can stress, I've been in these Christian environments where they stress your quiet time, your service projects, your worship services. And yes, of course, all of that has to be in the proper balance and the right heart behind all of that. But there's a difference between the relational rhythms of, of freedom and, and it's driven and motivated by love of Christ and I'm getting to know my Savior and I'm understanding who God is and I see how he's impacting my life. You have that relational side of it compared to the religious burden of it mm-hmm. where it's just like this is a duty that you have to buckle up and go for it. There's a central piece that's often missing and that is literally just God loves me. I am overwhelmed by that. I'm overflowing with joy because of that. And I can't wait to share this with other people. And being filled with the Spirit means I'm letting the Word of Christ dwell in me richly. And I'm consumed with that good news to the point that it's changing the way I look at life. It's the heart. You kind of have two components. You have the head knowledge part of, you know, being in the Word and knowing things. But you also have that heart piece. And what David's saying here is... Man, that heart piece, when that is in line, it is so beautiful. Yeah. So be being filled with the Spirit is not a task to complete. At the same time, it is something that you intentionally do in the sense of like, let me get in His Word and, and see, what he has, see what He has for me today. One last illustration on this is like, take a sailboat. We already talked about that part, right? You know how it's like, the wind is blowing in the sail and it's moving you along. But you have 60 working parts on a sailboat. So there's plenty to do still on that sailboat. You're breaking a sweat, you're staying attentive, but there's two things you can't control. And they make all the difference in the world. No amount of elbow grease will control the tide and nothing you can do will bring the wind. <laughs> right? It's all God. It's all God. Yeah. You hoist the sail but only the wind can make the sailboat go. 
so there are plenty of approaches to spiritual formation that help us, you know, get in the Word of God and, and do all of those things to let that dwell you. But a lot of that really amounts to teaching us how to row our own boat. If you take it on you, you have wrong emphasis and eventually you're going to wear out because you Mm -hmm. can't row the boat forever we will always get winded and burnt out really tired and go nowhere he is the one who's moving the boat along that is just such a beautiful illustration to sum this up because like the lord bringing the wind and the waves to propel us way he does that is through his spirit in the trinity And I think some people also think like, oh, well, I just got a motor. I'm going to pop this motor boat on here. And some people have better motors than others, but eventually the motor dies out, right? None of us have endless motors. So at at the end of the day, yeah, we have to have that wind pushing us along and, and carrying us along. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when we let the word of Christ dwell in us ritually. Are you filled with the Spirit? Yep. Are you in God's word? Are you communing with the Lord to be able to be filled with the Spirit? Yep. We don't need to be speedboat captains. We need to be sailors. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Well, hey, next week we'll go deeper into prayer. So hopefully this was helpful. And if we said anything that brought up a question in your mind, please reach back out to us. We always love following up with the feedback, and we love doing this. Give us a review, and please share this episode with a friend. You are loved. See you next week.